appreciate all your fine cooperation through these days of God at the same time. You must serve God. And I, I appreciate them. <laughs> I love those little tots. They just sit along there and shake your hand. There's something about them. I just love them. I've got two of them in here on my own tonight. And to all you people, many of you, how many is from away from Connor's shadow of doubt has taken place in the meetings? We'll never forget the meeting. And then above all of this, there's been hundreds of souls walked down this place seeking salvation of God. Think of that. Where one soul is worth 10,000 worlds. And just think there's been hundreds that stood and accepted Jesus Christ as personal Savior. Come to the altar and been prayed for and accepted Christ. Made their confession. Gone back to the churches. Lord Jesus. And God has set in the church some apostles, secondarily prophets, gifts, so forth in the church for one purpose, the perfecting of the body. And now, if you happen to get sick wherever you are and your pastor is a man who believes that we should pray for the sick, have him to come pray for you. It'll be just the same as you stand on this platform or anywhere. And then if your pastor's not there, get some of the deacons. The deacons are out there. Get your neighbor that's a good Christian woman to come in and pray with you. The Bible said, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you might be healed. For the affectional fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And now, this is my first meeting for about six or seven years that I've ever had to, ever had to touch any finances in the meeting. And that's been for the last four or five days since Brother Baxter's been gone. They take care of the finances. I never even, never even see a nickel of it. See? It goes for expenses and things, and they give me a love offering. That love offering is given to me, my wife, my secretary, many of them who sit in present now, many friends from my church, many of them are sitting in here tonight from down at Jeffersonville where I used to be pastor. And they know this to be the truth. Or you can come and investigate it, try it. From through the uh, anywhere you want to through the income tax anyway. For the past two or three years, I've been income tax free, and they keep a close track. I have to turn in a receipt for everything that I get and every penny that's taken up in the campaigns. 
and a public accountant turns it in, it goes into Indianapolis, and Mr. Schaefer himself takes care of it. So I have to give an account for all. They know where my meetings are, where I rent something. They, the person I can rent an auditorium, they turn in that rent that is by me, and they know where I was at. So I keep a count of everything. One time, through a mix-up, I was just one night in a meeting, and they turned in it. I was there. I didn't turn it in because they'd taken up a love offering, and it cost, they gave me about $500, and it cost exactly that for me to go down there and back an airplane ticket, and I just never turned it in. It was over the Four Square Church in Fresno, California. And you know what? Two years later, they called me in on the carpet about it. <laughs> said, where was you at? Was you in Fresno? I said, yes. They said, they give you a love offering? I said, yes, sir. So what'd you do with it? I said, I bought an airplane ticket. Said, you got the stub? I said, yes, sir. Said, all right, then. <laughs> they know where I was at because the man that had the meeting turned it in and I was there that night. And the hall was rented. They'd taken up an offering that day, expense offering, and paid it in. It's my campaign. That's how they picked it up. Every penny that I don't have to eat with, and I usually wear clothes that people give me, goes straight into foreign missions. If I never see you again, I'll have to say that I've tried to be honest before people and before God. Meetings, I realize there's been so much pressure put on meetings for money. And that is something that ought not to be done. I found three things that hurts ministers. First is money. Then popularity. When he begins to think he's something, then that's when he's on his road out. Then women. That's right. Money, women, and popularity. And I tell you, that's what wrecks a many a good preacher and puts him up on the shelf. Shun the appearance of those things. And by God's grace to this day, if I was laying across the pulpit now saying my last words, by God's grace, he's helped me do that. And I... If I stand as a judgment, I want to have a good, clear conscience when I ask, answer for my stewardship. I've done the best that I know how before God. And every penny that you give in these meetings was averaged the other night. Some nights it would average around a cent and a half a person. Sometimes it got up one night maybe to two cents a person or better. But you remember, two cents a person and 3,000 people make a hundred and something dollars, you see, in an offering. And every penny that we didn't use for expenses and so forth went straight for overseas missions. And tonight they took a love offering for me and everything that I don't have to have for my will go straight overseas for missions to carry out the gospel. The general orders of Jesus Christ preach the gospel to all the world. And then I pray that at the great end of time that every one of you will receive a hundredfold for everything that you've done in the meeting. God bless you, everyone. I pray that someday, in God's great province, I'll get to come back to Connersville again and be with you. And if I have to hurry off overseas, tomorrow night I've got to be in Utica, Indiana, in a little Methodist tent meeting. Can I depend on you praying for me while I'm there? Will you pledge to do that? Thank you. And I promise you this, I'll remember Connersville in this meeting. God be with you, is my prayer. My brother said he was from Germany. I'm fixing to go to Germany now, to Luxembourg. And are you close from there, brother? What part of Germany are you from? Oh, is that near Luxembourg? I don't know too much. Oh, to the Russian border. Well, um, 
I hope I get up close to it. I preached in four miles of it one time in Finland. It sure was pretty shaky. <laughs> but uh, the Lord raised that dead boy there, you know, and they even know that behind the iron curtain, a little German boy, Baron von Bonneberg, I guess you know of him here. And he's one of the managers in the meeting now. And he, uh, he had a little German boy with him the other day. I met him. We was eating lunch together in St. Petersburg. If you'd hear that little boy talk, I'm telling you, it'd make you people appreciate the land of the free and the home of the brave. His sisters, two young virgin girls, the Russian soldiers running and was ravishing those girls on the floor. The father ran out to take up for him, and the officers shot the father and taken the, the two boys, the two girls and the boy, and taken them girls and made them work in a, a mine. Heavy, way down, pushing coal carts, and at night time, them soldiers get them up and strip them before them like that and make them do dances. One girl died, and the other lost her mind. That poor kid sitting there trying to eat, and the tears running down his cheeks. I'm telling you, brother. But he said, The strange thing, Brother Branham, your meetings are better known behind the iron curtain than they are this side. They heard the resurrection of that boy. It went on through behind there. Some glorious day. Them Russians are no more, they're just human like you and I. When them Russians stood there that day and they seen that miracle of God performed and you heard the testimony and everything, why, they put their arms around, we'll accept a God like that. Sure, something has got a reality to it, but they're tired of reading, writing, and arithmetic called God. I don't blame them. I'd be too. Well, it all has to do with this, friend. There's no matter how much you pray, how much you pray for wars to cease, just remember this coming for me, if you believe me to tell the truth. It won't do any good. We're at the end of the road, and God said the world would get in this condition, so here we are. It's a signpost. When you see these things begin to come to pass, lift up your head. Your redemption's drawing nigh. Then let's be ready. Let's meet our Lord in peace, if we can. May God bless you. Till us meet you again. Now, I want to read some scripture which I feel at every meeting there should be scriptures from the Bible read. St. John. I read these verses out of St. John, the fourth chapter. Jesus' conversation with the woman. I don't know where I might have read that before here. I don't know. I never have any program lined out. I just come in and whatever I feel like doing, I do it. And this has been the first meeting that I have ever had in years, or I just call the people up the platform and pray for them just at ransom as they come. Last night we got around 200 people through the line. Everything that had prayer cards was prayed for. Last night they had groups that didn't even have prayer cards come to the platform and prayed for. Is that right? And the Holy Spirit would move right on among the people. Stop this and that and tell them what they'd done and where their sins was and what they ought to do and what was the cause of their sickness and all about it. Isn't that right? And it's just the same as he always was. And that is the truth. Now I want to read this conversation. 14th verse. Whosoever drinks the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give unto him shall be in him. Well of water springing up unto everlasting life. The woman said unto him, Give me this water that I thirst not, neither come here to draw Jesus said unto her, Go, call thy husband, and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast said, Well, I have no husband. 
for thou hast five husbands, and thou who now, thou now hast is not thy husband, and thou saidest right. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Shall we bow our heads just a moment? Do you have a special need just now? Raise up your hand. God knows it. God knows it. Father, service is fixing to turn the page now to history. I pray, God, that you will bless everything that's been done. May your great blessings be upon the entire service. Bless all the ministers. God, may their little churches just grow and may their ministry be so great. Grant it, Father. May they win many thousands of souls to you. I know that's the desire of their heart. Bless all the members of the different churches who's out and from different parts of the country. And the, I pray that you'll be with them. Bless the city here, Father. The mayor of the city. I understand that he has a sick one. I pray that you'll bless her and heal her. I pray, God, that you'll be with all the officials, with all its help, just to get this ground and this place. Now, I ask that you'll come tonight in great redeeming love and power. Save the lost. Make believers out of the unbelievers. And heal the sick and the afflicted tonight. And may the angel of God, who has guided me since the day I was born, may he come tonight and bless the people in the manifestation of a gift of God. For I ask it in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Is there anyone here for your first time? Let's see. First time you've ever been to a meeting? Raise up your hands. Let's see. All great hosts for your first time. is always the first comers, first timers, we call them. Now, being it, we're going to put the most of the time tonight in the healing service. I'm very tired. I've been driving back and forth 120 miles down, 120 miles back, 120 miles down, 120 people. Now, the Scripture says, which has been the theme of our meetings always, that He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, remember this, dear Christian friend, and to you people, maybe who doesn't understand divine healing and has some criticism against it, we have plenty you could criticize, certainly. And sometimes when I'm speaking of criticism, it always makes us feel like that we duly deserve it. A few nights ago in another meeting, a man wrote me a letter, a very fine letter, yet it was sharp criticism, but I appreciate it. I believe the man done it for my good. He loved me. He was telling me about how the meetings was, how they were carried on. And, but he said, Brother Branham, you just don't pray for enough people. And he, he told me why. He said, I believe you just let the people come on and pray for him. It would be a more success. I give it my first try out in this meeting to see now, when the angel of the Lord first came to me, my mother sitting somewhere in the building here tonight, I don't know where she got a seat close to where she's at, she's in here somewhere, she could testify this. I was a little boy of about three minutes old when the angel of the Lord came the first time. My people was not religious. We lived in a little shanty up in the mountains of Kentucky. You've got it in the book. And there he came. And down through life, it's always been something that's foretold me things that would come to pass. Now, that wasn't because that I 
is anything that I deserve is because God ordained it to be that way. Gifts and callings are without repentance. Is that so? The Bible said so. So God foreordained things to be. And then if a man comes around and says something or another, God said a certain thing, well, now you have a right to hold that in question until God confirms it to be the truth. Now, if the man, as we've been studying this week, about the ways that God answers, God in the Old Testament answered either by prophecy, by the prophet, by a dream, or by the Urim of Thundam. And if the, if the prophet said something and the Urim of Thundam did not record that right, the voice of God flashing those colors on the Urim of Thundam, then it was not right. And if a dreamer dreams something and they give an interpretation, it went before the Urim of Thundam and it did not answer, then that dream was not right and it wasn't interpreted right. And any man or any person that comes with anything that cannot be backed up by this which is today God's Urim of Thundam, the Word, it's wrong. It's got to be in the Bible, thus saith the Lord. See, got to be absolutely in the Scriptures. Now, people talking of divine healing, I know that people have said, I have a gift of healing. Well, I believe there's just many, many gifts of healing. How many here believe deeply in your heart, without a shadow of doubt, that God's a healer just the same today as He ever was? Let's see. There's a gift of healing in the church tonight. Every one of them. For no matter how much I would pray for you, if you yourself didn't have the faith, it wouldn't do any good. That's right. It takes your faith. And no matter how much I preach to you and how well I brought the gospel to you, if you yourself, it's your own personal faith in Christ that saves you. Is that right? I couldn't save you no matter how bad I want to. I've got brothers that's not saved. And I've tried my best and persuaded and cried and begged and tried to stand in the breach for them. But they've got to have their own faith in God. Many of you Christian people here have brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and children and everything unsaved. Is that right? Raise your hand. Well, you can't save them. You can't do what Christ has already done. Christ has saved them. Now, the only thing they have to do is accept that salvation. It's God's free gift. Now, you couldn't heal them. No other man could heal them. They have to accept their healing as God's free gift to them. He was wounded for our transgressions. With His stripes we were healed. Then, see, there's nothing at all that you can do towards salvation or divine healing. It's the individual faith in Christ. Now, to bring up this faith in Christ, there's ministers. That's the most important thing of the day, is a good God-sent preacher. I admire them. And their gift is far beyond anything to be done in anything else, is a preacher. A man who knows how to rightly divide the Word of God. It's the most wonderful gift in the world. It's to be a minister, which, is a, which was the New Testament modern-day prophet. A preacher. Prophesy means to foretell or to tell some personal thing. In other words, if you read the Bible and start telling, then that's a teacher. See? But a prophesy is to testify or foretell. All right. Now, in the Spirit of Christ is prophecy. Now, in this church that we're living in today, in the times the way they are, a minister can go forth and explain to you about salvation. You accept it, you be saved. Now, the only thing that minister could do to save you would be explain it to you. 
Now, the only way a man could do to get you healed is to explain it out of the Bible so perfectly that you would see it and believe it and be, accept your healing and be healed. Is that right? That's the only way to preaching. Now, the next thing would be, now, I know this. I believe that everybody that shouts hasn't got salvation. I believe many of them shouts that hasn't got salvation, yet that's one of the attributes of salvation. It's shouting. I believe that everything speaks with tongues hasn't got the Holy Ghost, but yet I believe the Holy Ghost can speak with tongues. See? Sure. But then if there be someone speak with tongues, like a gift of speaking in tongues, would speak in tongues, then there'd be one interpreted. Well, then that one that interpreted would speak something to one of the congregation or tell them something to happen. Three or four judges get before that and the church accepts it. Then if that comes to pass, that's the truth. See, that's right. Now, that gift of prophecy or gift of interpretation things is in, ought to be in every local body. Every local church should have. It would be on one tonight or another one the next night, another one the next night, another one this time, another one that time. It's in every local body. And if you'll excuse it, and please don't think I say wrong here, that's where in the little breakup that come amongst the Pentecostal people recently called Latter Rain, that's where they got off the line, right there. For when a gift of prophecy comes to a man, they declared him to be a prophet. Now that's wrong. There's quite a difference between a gift of prophecy and a prophet. A gift of prophecy is in the church, but a prophet is born to prophet. See? That's the difference. So any minute, this man might prophesy tonight, he might never prophesy anymore, it might be on that woman over there the next night, and this man back here the next night, and that and over there, see? But when the gift of prophecy is operating, it cannot be received unless two or three judge it to see whether it's right or not. But a prophet, singular, P-R-O-P-H-E-T, is born to prophet, comes up a prophet. Everything he says in the name of the Lord is absolutely truth. If he's prophesying. Now you say that was for the Old Testament. Oh no. They had prophets in the New Testament. Activists and many of them were prophets in the New Testament. But now it doesn't come by laying on of hands. If you lay on a hand, I don't know what you think about, about the presbyters down there, but that's just like some boy who raised up in the church and they know he's going to be a preacher. They see the gift working on him and things like that. They just lay their hands on him for ordination. That's what tennis is, what they lay their hands on. Now, of that. So it just was something. Now, they did a great work. One thing, they made the organization realize that they wasn't the only one on the beach. So it done some good. But nevertheless... God's Spirit, one of these days, will take, call all that out and take the church just as certain as anything. That's right. Now, a gift has to first be recognized to be in the Bible. And then if it's in the Bible, and the man claims it, then if God confirms that gift, that it's the truth, then you ought to believe that the man is true. But if God, God doesn't testify that gift, Hebrews 11, 2 said, God testifies of his gift. Well, then, if that gift is testified by God, then God gives the man the gift. If God says so, you have no right to doubt. Well, now, a gift of prophecy, gift of discernment, gift of wisdom, gift of knowledge, and all those things are divine gifts that sets in the church. 
And oh, God grant the day that when we can all come together and see all those nine spiritual gifts moving through the church, operating the whole church body, then we'll have the rapture. Then it'll be called out. And we'll have the rapture. If we can't have faith for divine healing, how are we going to have faith for rapture in faith? The church has got a ways to go yet. But I believe God will do it. Now, concerning my little feeble ministry for our Lord, it wasn't my choice. No, sir. You know what I wanted to be in life? A trapper out in the mountains. That's what I had made up my mind that I was going to be that regardless. But God changed my mind when I was laying on the Jewish hospital there dying. He let me know that I, he'd do what, I'd do what he said to so one night when this angel came and told me to go pray for sick people, it was just as startling. Well, how would I go out there before a modern world and introduce something like that when people would say I was crazy? I didn't want to do that. But he told me to go. And I started. And one of my first cases that I prayed for where he told me, I told him I couldn't go a grammar school education, seventh grade. How could I do it? He said, as the prophet Moses had given signs for a vindication, so will you. And he told me how Moses healed and how he done and what these things was. And he told me about this discernment that was given when I was a boy. And that's what the time had come. He said, I'd be praying for kings and monarchs and so forth. And that's the truth. I couldn't believe it then, but I know now. My first case, I remember, if the woman will forgive me for saying it, She's here in a building somewhere tonight, was a nurse. A cancer case. A woman, one of the finest nurses I believe I ever met in my life. She's a 21-year graduate, cancer to eat her up. None but just bones. And her husband met me. And he's uh, works at Churchill Downs there, something about wiring. He's a very fine electrician. And a man had been healed by the name of McDowell with a flash in his eyes. The doctor told him he had to stay in for about a week or ten days. And that had been about three or four days after the angel told me, and I explained it to my church. And then I went over to pray for this Mr. McDowell, and the second day he went to work. The doctor said it just can't be so. He examined his eyes, and I believe Mr. Morgan was his boss. So he sent him to the doctor, and the doctor said he's okay, put him to work. He couldn't understand how it was done. So Mr. Morgan said to Mr. McDowell, Would that work on my wife? She's dying with cancer out here in the Baptist Hospital in Louisville. Said, I don't know. Said the man, just an ordinary man. Go ask him. Said, he said, an angel appeared to him. The man come and asked me. I said, what do you think about it? And the woman was brought there and she was prayed for. Nothing but skin and bones. The cancer had absolutely, the doctor that played golf with her husband had done the surgery said it was just like a mass of tree roots wrapped around her, her intestines were so tightened up with cancer until they couldn't even wash her out with an enema. They'd give her, I forget how many deep x-ray treatments and things that just burn her up till she was mentally out of her head even. And nothing, the cancer moved right on, just the same. So Mr. Morgan asked the doctor, he said, oh, it won't do her no good, let her go on over. Maybe she look at the river she goes by, she always talked of it. And God healed that woman that night when I was standing there. The Spirit of God come down, told her what was wrong with her, and said that she'd be well at a time, and the woman's perfectly normal. Seven years ago or more, the 
Miss Morgan, where are you at? You're, you're here in the building somewhere. We should stand up just for an example, wherever you're at. Mrs. Morgan. Here she is right down here waving her hand. There's Mrs. Morgan now. A nurse that weighing about 155 pounds, still nursing clerk in Memorial Hospital, in perfect health. About a 25 years experience of nursing since a child. All the doctors throughout the country calling her. Through that, doctors has come to my house and everything, right around and locally. God is a healer of all diseases. Here's such a woman sitting right before me from my church, dying with cancer. Stand up, lady, just let them see what God can do for a person after he heals them with cancer who is eat up with a cancer. There's one's in the tabernacle. If we could call the lame halt blind, it was through Miss Morgan. She went with me to Fort Wayne. Was anybody at the Fort Wayne meeting? Mr. A man was up there, was prayed for, and was something other about caused me to go over King George of England, called to be prayed for with multiple cirrhosis. And that, there's a man sitting here with a letter in his hand from King George of England who called me to come pray for him with multiple cirrhosis, and the king was healed. King George of England. All right. God is still God. Congressman Upshaw, he had been in England for 66 years. How many remember Sims, his healing? Been in a wheelchair for 66 years. God instantly made the man whole, walked out perfectly normal and well. Florence Nightingale, her mother was a founder, grandmother founded the Red Cross in England. Her statues all over was in Durban, South Africa. Flew up there when I went in there to, to London, England, to the Westminster Abbey, Buckingham Palace. And as we went there, this Mrs. Florence Nightingale weighing less than 35 pounds, 5 foot 8 inches tall, weighing less than 35 pounds, but just a bunch of bones, was healed of that cancer on the duodenum of the stomach, and today weighs about 165 pounds in perfect health. Florence Nightingale. She spread the news throughout South Africa, which caused a revival that sent a hundred thousand souls to Christ. Truly, one of the most outstanding things that I can think of before I close it now. Back in the old red letter days, I was at a little old city just left recently, Jonesboro, Arkansas. Never forget that meeting. The paper said the Arkansas Sun said there was 28,000 people there. They were all there if the Arkansas Sun said they were there. It was in the early days, about six years ago. They were laying, I was there a few weeks ago when we had thousands packed in. They were laying on their wagons and everything, except in Christ. I remember that was the first I'd left home. When I come back, <laughs> well, I'd lost pretty well all my hair and my shoulders had stooped over. And I lost about 25, 30 pounds of weight. I prayed day and night with the people. I said, I'll stay right here till I pray for every person. And I prayed eight days and nights without leaving the platform. Tucked my meals and laid against the side of the pulpit and sleep. And when I left, there's about ten times as many to be prayed for as it was when I started. No end to it. On and on. But brother, God confirmed His Word. And the other day when I stand there, literally hundreds and hundreds of them raising their voices to God. I was healed in that meeting, Brother Branham. 
A little woman said, don't you remember me? And I said, no. Her husband, her boy, rather, is exterminator over at uh, Texarkana. She comes in the line, had her hand up like this. I thought she was weeping. And I stopped as early one morning. And I said, say, you got a cancer, haven't you, lady? She moved back the handkerchief, and there was no nose there. done eat her off. The cancer to eat her face off a young woman, about 35 years old. And I said, do you believe? She said, Brother Branham, I've got to believe. I said, well, then, sister, just accept it and believe with all your heart. I'll pray with all my heart for you. It's all I can do. She said, ask God. That's all I want you to do. He'll do it. She'd seen this John Ryan, not the old man with the white hair. When he sat on the street begging, nickels, God made him well. He come through the line a few nights before that, and he walked through the line, and I said, I see that you're, that you're blind. He said, yes, sir. I said, aren't you a Catholic? And he said, I am. I said, do you believe that God will heal you? He said, yes, sir. He said, I hear some woman over there was screaming that said a garter had left her throat. I said, yes, sir. That's right. He said, and I said, do you believe me to be God's servant? I have to say that because the angel told me to get the people to believe you. See? So, not believe me, it's him. Believe that he sent me to pray for you. See? Like Peter and John said, look on us. And I, I said, all right. And I had prayer for him. And I seen a vision before the old man. I said, now, you have received your sight. Go and be made whole. He went away. In a few minutes here, he come back. Two men leading. He said, preacher, you told me I'd receive my sight. I said, but I'm healed. I said, you are. Well, he said, I can't see a thing. I said, that don't have nothing to do with your healing. You're already healed. He said, well, if I was healed, I could see, couldn't I? I said, not right now. You might not. But God said you was going to see. I said, I told you, I've seen a vision. And you're going to receive your sight. He may be sitting right here tonight, for all I know, the same man. And I said, God said, I've seen a vision. You're going to receive your sight. He said, well, it looks like if I was healed, and I'd be able to see. I said, not exactly. It might not happen now. It might happen a week from now, a month from now, a year from now. But it's got to come to pass. And he said, well, I don't understand that. And away he went. A few minutes later, he came back again and said, I can't see yet. And I said, well, that don't have nothing to do with it. He said, well, you told me I was healed. I said, look, sir, you're fixing to lose what you have received. I said, you told me you believe me. He said, I do. I said, what do you question me about then? If you believe me, believe what I've told you. Oh, he said, I understand what you mean. See, you just got it. He said, what must I do, preacher? I said, just go over and say, praise the Lord, and go on. Well, I raised in a, in a Catholic church and never been used to anything like that. So he just gets out and gets on and praise the Lord. The next night, I was holding the service. He's sitting way up in the balcony. Everybody keep still. He raised up my heart. Praise the Lord for healing me. Sat back down. I preached a little bit. He'd say, now everybody keep still. He'd raise up. Praise the Lord for healing me. He just kept on. He was doing just what he was told to do. And listen, if you Protestants would obey the scriptures and things as well as the Catholic obeys his command, we'd have a different church. Right. 
You ever get one of them to see the truth, brother, that settles it. That's it. He'll do what you t- tell him. I said, just keep on saying, thank God. Praise the Lord. Well, two or three nights later, he was still doing the same thing. He'd do it every night. He'd disturb the meeting even. When I'd be having a prayer line, he'd set up hard. Praise the Lord for healing me. And everybody turn around and look. He'd go on. And then I'd been gone away from the place for about two or three weeks. And he'd stand on the corner selling papers. He'd all Street, praise the Lord for healing me. Street, praise the Lord for healing me. Well, the people thought the old man is kind of a little slipped in the mind. So they just never paid any attention. He asked another little newsboy if he'd lead him across to the barber shop where some smart aleck was going to shave him. And so he got one side of his face lathered. He said, say, Dad, I heard when this fellow Branham, that divine healer, was down here, he was up to the meeting. I said, yep, I was up there. He was shaving him along, you know, getting his beard down. He said, I heard you went over to the meeting. He said, yep, I went over. He said, I heard the Lord heals. He said, yep, praise the Lord, he healed me. And his eyes come open. He looked around. He said, I am healed now. And out of that chair he went with a towel around his neck. The barber trying to grab him with a razor in his hand. Down the street he went as hard as he could go. And that man is preaching divine healing, holding campaigns tonight. He said, I know this one thing, that God is true. I was blind, and now I see. Uh, up in the house of David, in Benton Harbor, Michigan, I was sitting up there, this Jew that knew him. He said, a notable deed has been done to John. He said, what authority did you do that by? I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He said, he wasn't the Son of God. Well, I said, he'd done the work just the same. And he said, oh, I said, don't you believe he was the Son of God? He said, no. He said, I believe he was a good man. And I said, well, he was the Son of God. He said, no doubt a notable deed has been done to John here. He said, but, but it couldn't have been uh, uh, Jesus Christ. Said it could have said because Jesus wasn't the Christ. He said, you Gentiles can't chop God in three pieces and hand him to a Jew. I said... Some of them might chop him in three pieces, but I don't. No, sir. I said, he's one God. And that God, Jehovah, was manifested in flesh here in his son, Christ Jesus. I said, you just got the wrong slant to it. I began to quote to him scripture, Isaiah 9, 6, and so forth. Come over after a while, he said, stood there and looked around. He said, well, I believe he was a good man. I said, will you stay with that? He said, yes. He said, well, I believe he was a prophet. I said, if he's a good man, he wouldn't lie. If he's a prophet, he couldn't hardly lie and still be a prophet. So you believe he was the Son of God. He turned around a little bit, pulled his hat down, tears run down over his red beard, turned around and said, God's able these stones to rise children to Abraham. Started to walk away. I caught him in the arm. I said, just a minute. You believe he was the Christ? He said, look here, preacher. You see that there says Israel across there? I said, yes. He said, I'll make a good living there. I said, and knowing the truth, and yet would sacrifice? He said, if I wasn't there, I'd be out there on the street begging. I said, I'd rather be laying on my stomach drinking branch water and eating soda crackers and tell the truth than I have fried chicken three times a day and stay behind a lie. Right. He said, I'll see you some other time. Ducked his head and run. Now, John's still preaching divine healing tonight. And in that meeting, down there he had been healed. And how God was pouring out His blessing. And I remember 
My wife come down to see me, and there was about four city blocks up. The people were ready for a revival. They were standing. My wife said, you don't mean all those people come to hear you preach? I said, no. They come to learn of Jesus. I don't know where she ever went that night. Four men come tuck me in. I got into the pulpit. I happened looking always half as deep as this place this year with just ambulances and chairs and stretchers. I was speaking to them. The little girl here just coming in, her face. She was the two birches. She had two nurses sitting by her. Someone motioned over there. He had a suit like a chauffeur. I knew he was a ambulance driver, supposedly. He had about 16 or 18 ambulances lined up outside. And I went over there to see what. I asked him what he wanted. He said, Preacher, said the house doctor isn't here. And said, I think my patient's died. Would you come to her? Four men got around us and went out there. And I got in there, a very typical old Arkansas dad, down on his knees. Hat sewed up with twine card, shirt with a patch up on top of a patch, soles of his shoes out when he's kneeling down, hat rolled up in his hand, screaming to God to let his wife speak to him one more time. There lay the patient. Now they claim she was dead. I couldn't say. I don't know. But I got him, and the and driver said, Here's Brother Branham. Thousands or two people was pressed against from between the auditorium and where the stretchers were, or where the hamlets was. And when I got in there, I looked at him. I said, what's the matter, Dad? He said, are you Brother Branham? I said, yes. There had been a man from Kennett, Missouri. Had been healed that night, the night before that, brother, was blind. Been blind for, had been drawn a blind pension for 10, 12 years. And the next day he went up through the city. He ran into the Methodist church with his hat on a cane, his blind cane, praising God, screaming to the head to put him out. He ran down to the Catholic church, and they put him out, and he was hanging over the back of the, the man's shoulders with a cane on his uh, rolling around like that, just praising God as they throw him out of the church. Well, he about tore the town up up there, the way he was going on. Been blind for ten years and received his sight. Well, sure. I would be too, wouldn't you? Certainly. And then uh, this lady, he said, Brother Bram, said, I've done all that a man can do. Said, she's hard over them old clods out there. She's made me what I am. We've raised her children. And said, she's got cancer. It's on the liver. And said she was dying, and said the blackberries that we picked last summer, we sold them in a couple of her quilts that she'd quilted, and said to get the money to pay the ambulance to come down here to bring her down here. Said she's dead, and he was just a screaming and crying. I said, well, Dad, I looked down now. The woman, all indications look like she's dead, but I don't know whether she was or not. I can't say. They'd taken her false teeth out, and her lips were drawn in, her eyes were watery, you know, and set back in the back of her head. She's laying perfectly still with sticky perspiration over, cold. So he said, and she's gone. Brother Bram said she wanted to see you so bad. And we couldn't even get her through this crowd. He said she is so sick. And she's gone. And she was cry, or he was crying. And I said, well, let's just kneel down and have prayer, Dad, for consolation. So I took her by the hand. And I said, Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll help this poor old man. And bless her, Lord. And I pray that... You'll make it peaceful for her in a better land. And while I was praying, I, I felt her hand grip mine. The devil said, that's her muscles, actually, dead, twitching. So I just kept on praying, and she gripped again. He said, that's just the muscles are twitching. So I kept on praying, but I looked at her, and the skin on her forehead would begin to wrinkle. 
That wasn't muscles twitching. I looked down at her, and she was looking at me. She said, who are you? I said, I'm Brother Branham. She said, are you Brother Branham? I said, yes. And she raised up, and her husband was crying, praying. He said, mother, mother, mother. And he grabbed her around the waist like that, and they get screaming and shouting. What a time. About two years later, I met her over in California. She was following the meetings, testifying everywhere she could. The ambulance driver said, Preacher, mother packed against the side of that ambulance said, You couldn't get out there. Said, I sent that man on back in the back of the parking lot back there. Said, It's standing full of people, been standing back there for days, pouring down rain. No matter of them. So he said, I'm going to act like I'm taking off my coat now, like this, so they can't see you go out this side of the ambulance and go around and go in the back part and come into the backyard. So them preachers would be around there to pick you up, them ushers, rather. And I said, all right. So it looked like a hypocritical trick, but that's all I could do. I couldn't get through that press. So I went out went along these ambulances and come back. The other day, I stood back there and just raised up my hands and screamed out to God. I went around through the back, was coming, pushing through the crowd, you know, just hard as I could. And I pushed it. Somebody said, quit pushing. I just kept pushing on, you know. Somebody said, stop, sit down. I just kept pushing on, you know, trying to get up there where that man was me. Directly, I pushed up against a great big guy. He laid his hand on my shoulder and said, I said, quit pushing. <laughs> I did, but I was afraid he was going to push. <laughs> so I, I said, yes, sir. Excuse, nobody knew me. I hadn't been out of the building for days. They couldn't get in. So we just there. They bring me some orange juice and things. I just laid right against the altar and prayed for the people as they come by like that. So then he's swindling. This kind of drizzling rain out there then is... He's winning like this, and he went ahead talking. I thought, well, I hope you quieten down. I looked at him a little bit, and I looked all around. I thought, where's them fellas at? i got to get back in that building. Won't they come? Nobody knew me. I was standing there, you know, and after a while, I heard somebody hollering, Daddy! Daddy! I thought, where's that? And there's as many people practically standing in them back places there as there is seated in here tonight, right in that parking lot, right there on the line. And coming down to the people, now down in the south, they have the Jim Crow law. That is, colored and white can't mix together. So here comes a, a colored girl, about 17, 18 years old. And oh, she was in a... Her, this, her eyes was as white as cataract as my shirt is. And she was coming, pressing through that crowd, saying, Somebody please help me! Daddy! And I thought, why don't some of those people help that poor girl? So I thought, while he wasn't looking, I'd move along a little. So I got over there. I kept getting right in her way and watching for these men to come. And she come right up, and I stood like that, and she bumped into me. She, her hand stuck me. She said, excuse me, sir. Excuse me. I said, Daddy. I thought, I said, what you looking for? She said, sir, I've lost my daddy. I'm blind. She said, and I can't find him. I don't know what to do. I said, nobody will help me. Will you help me, kind sir? And I said, well, uh, I don't see no more colored people around here. I said, where are you from? She said, Memphis. I looked, there's a bunch of chartered buses sitting there. I know what of them was Memphis. That's how. I said, what are you doing over here? She said, I was listening to the radio this morning. She said, I heard about all those deaf and dumb people they had up there, the deaf and dumb last night, speaking on the radio. And I said, and you're blind? I said, what did you come over here for? She said, I come to see the Gila. <laughs> I said, the what? She said, the Gila. And I said, you don't believe that, do you? Oh, yes, sir. Now, that, that looked like a hypocrite, too, taking advantage of a blind woman, see? Uh, 
but I wanted to see whether she really believed it. I said, do you believe that's the truth? She said, yes, sir. And I began to see a little. And she said, she said, yes, sir, I believe it. And I said, well, you believe that God would do something like that as far advanced as medical science? And she said, sir, said, when I was a little girl, I got cataracts on my eyes. The doctor told me when they got ripe, I don't know what that means, but when it got ripe, if they'd take them off. And said, now that they're ripe, said, they say if they'd take them out, they'd pull the optical nerves out of my eyes. It says, I, I, I can't see, and the only hope I got is to get in there. And this is the man's last night, yeah? And they tell me I can't even get near the building. I lost my daddy. I don't know what to do. And I said, do you believe if you'd get in there, you'd be healed? She said, well, I heard of a man on the radio this morning from up at Kennett, Missouri, been blind for 10 years, and he received his sight. I said, well, couldn't I be healed too? I said, do you believe that? She said, sir, I'll tell you what I'll do. If you just get me in where that man's at, I'll be able to find my daddy after that. Oh, my. I felt my heart drop right away from me. I thought, poor old blind thing. I said, look, lady, do you mean that? She said, yes. Well, I said, maybe I'm the one you're supposed to see. And she grabbed me like that. She says, is you the healer? I said, no, ma'am. I said, I'm Brother Branham. Jesus is the healer. And she grabbed me and said, Oh, Brother Branham, has mercy on me. Has mercy on me. And I thought of poor old blind Fanny Crosby. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. And I looked and I thought her only hope, Christ. I said, now, I don't want to be recognized in the crowd, lady. You bow your head and we'll have a word of prayer. I said, first, I want to hold your hand while I'm praying. I couldn't get her hand off of my coat. She wasn't going to let me go. And I said, now, let me have your hand. She said, don't pass me. And I took hold of her hand, pulled it off, and held her hand. And while I was praying, now, you can mark this fanaticism if you want to. That would be between you and God. I could only tell the truth. Something happened. I knew the woman was healed. I was waiting for the shrinkage of that cataract. I said, now you keep your lids closed over your eyes. I said, now you raise your head just about to where you think my voice is coming. And I'll tell you what to do. She said, Yaza, said something cold went over me. I said, just raise your head. I said, now open your eyes for thus saith the Holy Spirit. You've received your sight. And she opened her eyes. And she says, Is that light? I said, Yes. She says, Is them black dots think? Is that people? And it began coming plainer. Oh, she says, Oh, Lord, I was once blind, can now see. She let out a big scream, and then bit, some people have been standing there watching, and here they come. <laughs> you talk about. And I happened to look, and there was an old man standing there with a cane, an old club in his hand. His leg is twisted sideways. He said, Brother Branham, I know you. He said, I've been standing in this rain for eight or ten days here. He said, you wouldn't pass me, would you, Brother Branham? I got a bunch of kiddies at home. He said, they need me. He said, a wagon run over me and twisted my leg like this. I said, do you believe? 
With all my heart, I said, then in the name of the Lord Jesus, give me your cane. And God, who is my sovereign judge, when the man in an act of faith handed the cane, his leg come straight, he jumped into the air and screamed at the top of his voice. I looked, and here come the man just pressing their way through, getting to me. And about that time, women, man, just pressing every way, and women trying to hold their little babies over to touch me. It's a pathetic thing. I got babies sitting here tonight, too. If one of them was sick, I'd feel the same way if some help could come from somewhere. You might say it's crazy in them. No, it wasn't. You get in a desperate condition, and you'll do something glad too, like your eyes run. At that time, I'll tell you the truth. My wife sitting present over here, and I, I couldn't afford a suit of clothes at that time. My brother, which is here tonight, gave me one of his suits. He was a young man. He'd been in an automobile wreck. He'd tore the pocket off of it, and the trousers had been tore several places. My wife and I went out to the 10-cent store and got some of these patches you iron on with a hot iron. And we ironed them on the clothes, and this coat here was tore down around the pocket, and I took a needle and thread and sewed it up myself. And I'm a long ways from being a seamstress. It was a horrible-looking thing, and I was ashamed of that old coat. And when I go to meet preachers, I'd hold my right arm down over this coat like this and reach over my left hand, shake hands with them, and I'd say, excuse the left hand, it's closer to my heart. <laughs> and I, I'd shake hands with them. The thing of it was, I didn't want them to see that old ragged coat. But that bunch of what Arkansas people who stood there and saw the angel of God moving amongst the people, they were trying to touch that old ragged coat, and as many was touching was getting healed, not because it was a ragged coat, because they believed that God was in their midst. Let me say this tonight. I may not have that old ragged coat on, but the same God was there that night here tonight to do the same thing. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The only way you'll ever be able to draw dividends from anything, God's got to have faith in it, to approach it right, to believe it. That's the reason they were getting healed, because they were coming in the right mental attitude, believing that the truth was there. If they could get near, they'd be healed, and God was confirming His Word with them. Amen. Oh, and I'll think about those grand old red letter days and back yonder sometime in the way beyond in the ages that's to come. We'll sit in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus in the new kingdom. Have faith. Not long ago I met that blind girl again, seeing as well as I did even wear glasses, giving God praise. Let's bow our heads. Our heavenly Father. Sitting out here tonight, I, little babies crying, cool wind blowing down across these people sitting here in the open air, just as that air is a blowing unseen force, so is the Holy Spirit wooing over this place. Thou knowest my heart, the integrity of my heart. Thou knowest whether I'm telling truth or not, Lord. How that you've blessed down through the ministry days, confirming it now around the world. God be near tonight. Oh, great angel, coming down from God as a messenger, come near tonight and speak to the people. And may your power Move the people and may the Holy Spirit speak in every heart.
And may there not be a feeble person among us when we leave tonight. Grant it, Almighty God. I'm thinking now, Father, that poor old blind colored girl. There she was, staggering in total darkness. Thinking of the day that when there come an old rugged cross dragging down through Jerusalem, dragging out the bloody footprints of the barrier. On the road up the hill, his little weak body fell under the load of the big old cross. Simon the Serene, the colored man, came to help him bear the cross alone. Oh, God, you're no respected person, color, creed. God bless these people tonight. And may we say like those coming from Emmaus, did not our hearts burn within us? They'd walked with him all day, and just the way he'd done something, they recognized it was he. Do something tonight, Lord, as these people realize that you're the same. We see you stand talking to that woman there, the well. You told her where her trouble was. She was surprised because you knew when Philip come to you, you knew that he'd been under a fig tree praying. He was surprised to know that you knew all about him. And yet the Pharisees said, you were Beelzebub, the chief of the devils. God have mercy tonight. May many great things be wrought because we asked it in Jesus' name, God's Son. Amen. Today and forever. Is that true? If he is the same, when he was here on earth, he didn't claim to be a great person. He didn't claim to be a healer. How many knows that's true? He said, It's not me that doeth the works, it's my Father that dwelleth in me. And when he passed through the pool of Bethesda and there laid all those crippled and blind and halt and lame people, he never healed a one of them. He went right on by and healed a man laying on a pallet. And the Jews questioned, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, St. John 5, 19, The Son can do nothing in himself, but what he sees the Father doing. Whatever things the Father doeth, he showeth the Son. The Father worketh, now worketh hitherto. He'll show you greater than this, so the healing of that diabetic, ever what it was, that you may marvel. But Jesus claimed he couldn't do nothing until the Father showed him by vision what to do. That's Scripture. If he's the same today as he was yesterday, it's the same. Yet a little while the world won't see me, yet you will, for I'll be with you even in you to the end of the world. Is that true? Now, here's a woman. Are we strangers to each other, sister? First time ever in a meeting. Well, that's fine. All right. This woman's a total stranger to me and to the meetings. First time she's ever been around at all. She's never seen nothing about the angel of the Lord. She knows nothing about it at all. She's just a stranger, just walked in here. Where you come from, lady? Shella Coffee, Ohio. Is anybody else here with the woman that knows her? Here's people along here that knows her, all right? And everyone knows that that's true. She's just a woman. Standing here before us, we know nothing of her. She just got a prayer card a few minutes ago or a while ago, and the boy gave out the prayer cards, and her number just happened to be called, and she happened to be the first one at the platform. Same yesterday, today, and forever, and how he's proved it in his meetings. If he was standing here wearing my suit, or the suit that he gave me, rather, and was standing before you, he couldn't heal you because he did that when he died at Calvary. But 
He couldn't do no more for you than what he can working through his church right now. He could only give faith to something to make you have faith to, to believe him. Is that right? Do something. Well, then, if he is the same yesterday and forever, let's look what type of person he was. Let's take our text tonight. One time when his ministry just got started good, there was a fellow by the name of Philip got saved, and he went and got a fellow named Nathaniel. And he said, come see who we found, Jesus of Nazareth. And he, why, he said, could anything good come out of Nazareth? He said, come see. And when he met Jesus, Jesus standing in a prayer line like this, he come up, he said, behold, an Israelite in whom there's no guile. Why, it astonished him. He said, when did you know me, rabbi or teacher, master? He said, before Philip called you, when you were under the tree, I saw you. Why, he said, you're the son of God, the king of Israel. Is that right, sister? Now, if he's the same tonight, that would be me telling you, say, you are a Christian. Whether you are or not, I don't know. But say, you are a Christian. Then it would tell you something that you did, uh, maybe before you come to the meeting or some other time or something like that. That would make him just the same yesterday, today, and forever. He talked to a woman at the well. He said, bring me a drink. Get a conversation. I wonder why. He said, bring me a drink. Why, she said, it's not customary for you Jews to ask Samaritans such. We have no dealings. He said, but if you knew who you were talking to, you'd ask me for a drink. Now I give you water you didn't come here to draw. She said, when can you get the water? The well's deep and so forth. What was he doing? He was contacting her spirit. He found, as soon as he found just exactly what her trouble was, he went right straight and told her, said, go get your husband. She said, I have no husband. He said, no, you got five. Well, she said, you're a prophet. And she ran into the city, all excited, and said, come see a man that told me everything I ever done. Well, he never told her everything she ever done. Well, he just told her one thing, but if God could reveal that to him, he could reveal everything. Is that right? Now, you believe he's the same yesterday, today, and forever? You do. And you believe that I'm his servant, his prophet. Then if I declare him to be the same, then he, if he will, in his sovereign grace, he can let me know what's wrong with you. But if he doesn't, well, that's, that's God. See, if he wants to, he can. But being that you are a Christian woman, I believe that he will. And I just want you to listen to me as I talk to you for a few minutes. And try, everyone, be just as reverent as you can. Now, don't, see, you realize there's people standing here, spirit to spirit there, everybody praying and drawing at one time, a single out one to a vision, it's kind of hard. But you're, you're a needy person, very much in need. You're suffering with a nervous trouble. Isn't that right? You're a nervous. You've had a nervous breakdown. Isn't that right? Well, I'm going to tell you something, lady. I see you as a little child. You got some kind of an injury when you was a little child in the neck. Is that right? You, you got an injury in the neck. And it's caused you to be extremely nervous. Is that the truth? Yes. Now, I lost the vision, see, when you were talking to him. Yeah, you couldn't, you don't know, yeah, that's all right, that's, see. There was something about, what was it he was telling you? What was I telling you, talking to you about? Oh, it told you what you had done, is that right? It told you something you had done or something happened to you? What did it say to you? I mean, what was I telling you? Oh, See, lady, it's a vision. I'm in another, was, another world. He was telling me that I had a nervous condition. I was a needy person. Uh-huh. And I had an injury. 
when I was a child, and that had caused me to be nervous. Is that the truth? Yes, I had an injury in the back of my neck, and I've always been nervous. I see. All right. That's, that's wonderful. Now, that me not knowing you, and he said that. Now, see, you heard me speaking it, but that wasn't me. I couldn't have been. I wasn't back when you was a little girl and seen what happened to you. I couldn't have been. Then you know you're in the, the presence of some supernatural being. Is that right? Here's something else. I see you getting a little going away from me again. There's something else you want. No, you've you got a daughter that you're thinking about. A daughter that had a calling or something or to be a preacher or something. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. And then she, she backslid and went away from it. Isn't that the truth? And she's, uh, she tried again. She made two tries. And now on account of some kind of a love affair, some boy or something's called her away. You believe? Is that the truth? If it's the truth, raise up your hand. That is Jesus Christ the same yesterday today, and forever. Come here then. Almighty God, author of life, give mercy to this poor woman. I pray that you'll heal her. I lay her at my hands up on her, Lord, in the representative way, and ask that she can return home and get well and give glory to God throughout that neighborhood. May it cause an old-fashioned revival to strike that neighborhood in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. God bless you now, sister. Look, now, if he's able to know what you was from childhood up, now that's true, isn't it? Yes, it is. All right. I never seen you know you was born in two different parts of the country, raised up two different parts of the country. Now, if he told you truth there, he knows truth what will be. Is that right? If that's truth, what I'll tell you now is the truth. Is that right? You go rejoicing and being happy, and you'll get over that and be normal and well. God bless you. Let's say thanks be to God. Every person in here ought to believe right now and accept their healing. Have faith. God will grant it to you. All right, come, sir. Are we strangers, sir? We are. You've been in some of the meetings, but I've never met you before. All right. Do you believe that the things that I testify about is the truth? And you believe that that God sent me to be his servant to help sick people? You do. Well, the faith like that, you should receive what you want. Because he told me if you get the people to believe you and then be sincere, nothing shall stand before the prayer. You've had an awful time. You've been operated on for something in the stomach. An ulcer. You've had two operations for it. Ulcers in the stomach and it's come back again. Here's something in your life. You've never got to a place where you've ever been satisfied with your experience with Christ. You've always wanted the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But you haven't got it to this time. Will you promise God your experiences hasn't met up to what God's requirement is, your life hasn't? But will you promise God if He'll let you get well that you'll Forsake everything that's called sin in every way and serving as long as you live. I have. All right, sir, come here. Almighty God, 
be merciful to this man whom I bless in thy name. And may this evil thing that your servants, the doctor, has tried to cure for him, but constantly he's persistent and determined to take the man's life. He might have hid from the doctor, but he can't hide from you, Lord. You're the God of all heavens and earth. So by the name of your Holy Son, Jesus Christ, I ask for the healing of this man's body. Amen. God bless you, brother. Go rejoicing and happy and thanking the dear Lord Jesus for his mercy. Amen. All right. Have faith. All right, bow your head. Here's a deaf spirit on a man. Lord Jesus, creator of heavens and earth, have mercy upon the man and heal him of this spirit of deafness. Satan tried to get him to be killed or something by a vehicle, but thou art here to make him well. Come out of him, Satan, in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you hear me now, all right? Yeah. Do you hear me now? Do you hear me now? I'm just very quick. you hear me all right? That's fine. That's wonderful. Now you're healed. Say, aren't you a preacher? Yes. I thought you were. <laughs> yes, sir. You're a preacher. And you're seeking to see me about a meeting. Is that right? And in your neighborhood where you live, there's been somebody in there that's caused a lot of disgrace upon the cause of divine healing. Is that right? If that's right, raise up your hand. All right, go and I'll be seeing you. God bless you. Let's say praise be to God. All right. Everyone, just as reverent as you can be now. Now, are we strangers, lady? Don't know each other. Know nothing of each other. All right? Do you believe that God is here at the platform to, to help you? You don't believe nothing. You, you accept it to be God. Is that right? You're a Christian woman. You should. You have some sort of a fever. Rheumatic fever. Is that right? That's a dangerous killer, sister. It goes to the heart. And that takes it. But come here just a moment. I want to ask you something. Won't you look this way at me? Now, don't fear. Have faith. I want you to just wait just a moment. See, so I, your spirit can be in the right position to catch the anointing of God. Faith. See, faith triumphs. Knows no defeat. It'll walk right over everything. You've got some trouble in your home, too. The child. I believe it's a girl. Isn't that right? And that girl's got something wrong. She's about, oh, 10 or 11 years old. Is that true? And she's got something wrong with her stomach. When she eats, she can't hold it on her stomach. Is that right? It's a nervous regurgitation in her stomach. She's nervous. You're nervous, too. That's where it comes from. Is that the truth, lady? She was sick this morning. That's when I've seen her vomit. Now, do you believe that the same God was with our Lord Jesus Christ? He's sure with His people tonight, manifesting Himself. 
you firmly believe that with all your heart? Yes. Then, my sister, I bless thee in the name of Jesus Christ. May this uh, condition of yours leave, and may all your troubles at home be straightened up and made right. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Go now believing, and you shall receive what you ask for. Let's say praise be to God. Have faith in Jesus Christ's name. All right. Come, lady. Little fella? No, it's you. It's not the baby. It's you. And sister, are you aware of what's wrong? You're in a dangerous condition. You have cancer. And that cancer, I believe the doctor says, is a blood cancer. And seriously, is that right? You want to receive your healing? You want to raise that baby, don't you, Mother? Then look to Jesus Christ. Almighty God, save this woman's life and heal her in Jesus Christ's name. I ask that her faith will mount up, grow up. May this demon, heartless thing that would take a mother from her baby come out of her in Jesus Christ's name. God bless you. Go have faith now to get well. Y'all get over that rupture. Stand up. God heals you then while you're sitting there. Go home. Amen. Have faith in God. Believe with all your heart. Just a minute, lady. Was you just prayed for here? Stand up just a minute. No. What was your trouble? Rheumatic fever. Mm -hmm. I seen him move at the. Oh, it's that sitting right there. Rheumatism, isn't it? Right against the fence there. All right. You believe that God will make you well? All right, stand up. He heals you the rheumatism just then. God bless you. Go now, be. God bless you. How do you do? My sister, I see you. That's not natural for your color, is it? Are we strangers to each other? Do you believe me to be his prophet? You do. That's caused by medicine. You took some kind of a medicine for nose or something, or you're putting drops in your nose for sinus trouble. Is that right? And it's caused this condition to come poisoning. Is that right? God bless you. Come here. Lord God, heal the woman. I lay hands upon her and bless her for her healing. May it all leave her, the color leave, the poison go out, and may she be normal again. In Jesus' name, amen. Get a picture like you are now, and then get a picture after it leaves and send it to me. All right. Let's say thanks be to God. You believe with all your heart? You want to be healed? So your trouble is nervousness, isn't that right? All right, accept your healing. You go on across the platform and say, Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let's say, Praise be to God. You believe this? Lord Jesus, I pray that you'll heal the woman. May she leave here and be made completely whole in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. God bless you, lady. Run, Rachel.
what you what you're asking for, it wasn't for you. That's true. You kept that, you want me to tell you what it is. Is that right? You want me to tell you what your trouble is. All right, I'm just going to pray for you and let you go. All right, look this way and believe me with all your heart. No, you're here for a sister. And the sister's in the mental institution. Is that right? Now do you believe me to be his prophet? Then don't doubt no more. Go and have faith. Let's say praise be to God. You're back double issue, sister, and you're kidding. You believe now? Is that truth? Yes, that's true. That's exactly the truth. Is that right? Yes, Well, that's exactly the truth that God has healed you. Go on your road and make it. Do you believe, sir? Yes. You'll get over the heart trouble? Then yes. go and be made healed as well in the name of the Lord. Say thanks be to God. God bless you. I see the angel of the Lord standing right down there in that second row. About third person in down there has got high blood pressure. Right there in that row. That's right. That's true. God heals you. Make you well. You know, get over that asthmatic condition set next to you there. If you do accept your healing, raise up. That's right. God bless you. You can be healed. Sit down. The lady next to you also has high blood pressure. Stand up, lady, and be healed in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Let's say thanks be to God. All right, come, lady. You believe with all your heart? You have a rupture. You want to get over it? Say thank you, Lord, for healing me. Go off the platform believing in me, and you'll be made well. Let's say praise be to God. Same thing, that little child. You want to believe for its healing? Believe with all your heart, God will make it well. Believe and you shall have just exactly what you ask for. Amen. All right, everybody reverent. Believe him with all your heart. God will heal you. Come, sir. Believe with all your heart. You believe that God is here. Believe I be his prophet representing him. You're suffering nervousness, isn't that right? I'll tell you what's making you nervous. A habit you got. Smoking cigarettes. You forsake them, give them up, go and get well. Give your heart to Christ and go live for him. Will you do it? Lord Jesus, I bless this man in the name of Jesus Christ. May he go from here tonight and be made well. In Jesus Christ's name, take every sin away, take habits away from him. And we'll give you the praise. Amen. God bless you, sir. Now, don't doubt nothing. Go on your own rejoicing and believing with all your heart. Come, sir. You ought to go eat your supper. All right, the officer left you then. Go on, eat your supper and be made well. You want, you want that anemia condition to leave you? You want to think it'll leave? Go believe God and you shall get well and be made well. Let's say praise the Lord. <laughs> Thanks be to God. Don't fear, have faith. Don't cry, little boy, honey. You were healed just a few minutes ago, so you, your hernia's going to leave you, and you'll be all right, so don't worry. All right. Let's say thanks be to God. We love the Lord Jesus. Blessed be His name. Have faith. Come, sir. You believe? You want to get rid of that stomach trouble? All right, say, Lord, I accept my healing or stomach from stomach trouble. Go eat, then. Be made well. Believe sitting there now. Have faith in God. Amen. How we love Him. 
you're bleeding sitting there, sir, right over the top of that child? <laughs> something wrong with the spine. Vertebrae or something out. Is that right? you got something wrong with your lungs. Is that right? Well, raise up and accept your healing in the name of the Lord Jesus. Your back's healed and you're swell, brother. Go praise God. Come, little girl. If Jesus Christ was here, do you believe him? Do you believe he is here? He'd lay his hands up on you and you'd get well? You love him? Go to serve him? Got heart trouble, haven't you, honey? You want to be made well? Come here. Lord Jesus, take the innocence of this child here, Father, and I lay my hands up on her and ask that uh, demon will leave the child and make you get well in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, honey. Go thanking the Lord Jesus and be made well. All right. You want to give her that female trouble, lady? Say, thank you, Lord, for healing me. All right, that's right. Go and praise God. Believe Him. Amen. All of you ought to be healed at one time. How did God make you absolutely well? Healing the sick and the afflicted. You believe with all your heart? See the angel Lord stand over a person right back in here? Been ruptured for about 25 years. Sitting right back on the end of this row, right back here. If you want to accept your healing, all right, you can stand up and receive it. If you believe with all your heart. That's right, stand up, amen. There you are. That man right there with the little tongue. You can too also, sir, if you accept yours. You have prostrate trouble also. Go ahead now, you're healed. God's made you well. Amen. Let's say thanks be to God. Come, lady. You want to get over the heart trouble? Lord Jesus, I pray that you will heal her in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Go believing now with all your heart and be made well. Have faith now. This elderly gentleman sitting right there suffers a rupture also with a mustache. Is that right, sir? You want to stand and accept your healing? All right, sir. God bless you. May you grant it. This lady sitting right here has a bladder trouble sitting right there, right on this side. Yes, sir. Something about the waters and so forth. If you believe with all your heart, if you do, you might be healed. God bless you. That's the way. All right. Come, lady. You believe with all your heart? You believe that God's spirit is here? You have some kind of a coughing. I can't. It's an asthmatic condition. Is that right? Lord Jesus, I pray that you'll heal her and take this demon power off of her and may she go and be made well in Christ's name. Amen. God bless you, sister. Go look and live. Amen. However one of you ought to believe, without a shadow of doubt. I see a lady sitting there praying. She's got cancer. That cancer, the doctor told her she's going to die within the space of a year. Stand up. Accept your healing. Didn't the doctor tell you that? You couldn't live but a year. A little thin like doctor. All right. Go and believe God and live, sister. God makes you well. Let's say praise be to God. All right. You believe. Come here. You believe with all your heart? You believe me to be his prophet? We're strangers to one another, are we? You've had some sorrow in your home. Some kind of a sickness or an operation or something. A child, a little girl. 
Is that right? Now, I believe they took a tumor out of her or something or another, and they thought it might be cancerous. You have sinus trouble. Is that right? If you'd stop smoking, it'd help that a whole lot. Will you do it? Will you accept it now as your healing? Lord Jesus, I pray that you'll heal the man. Help that poor little girl there too, Lord. I pray in Christ's name that you'll bless them. Amen. God bless you. Go believe now, sir, and live. Who wants to be healed? Who would dare to trust God? Every one of you believe? With all your heart? Over this crowd right now, them visions make me so weak I can hardly stand up. It looks like just a milky haze hanging over this audience. If I, you have no right to doubt me. I've told you the truth. God's confirmed it. It's the truth. And now, if I've told you the truth and God's confirmed it, remember this. I'm telling you the truth now. God will make every person in this building, no matter what's wrong with you, well, right now, if you'll believe it. Will you believe it? Will you accept it? Then stand up. 